Hey, it's Nelson. And this is Monica. Welcome to the Seattle Foodie Podcast, the show where we talk about the Seattle food scene and the people and businesses behind it. We eat all the food and share our insights with you. Thanks for joining us today. Let's get to it. Hey, Monica, have you looked at that new Yelp article that came out where they pulled the entire United States and they basically broke down every state with the most popular delivery orders per state? Did you see that? Nope, I haven't seen it. No? Nope, what's ours? Do you want to guess what Washington State is? Washington State, uh, pizza. No, I'll give you one more guess and I'll give you the answer if you get Chinese food. No, no. It's it's actually know. a little bit more specific. Oh, really? It's pod thai. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Would you have thought pod thai was Washington's number one ordered or delivered food during, I think, I believe they took it from March 16th for the poll. Hmm. No, I wouldn't have guessed it, but you know, people like ketchup. you know what i'm talking about a lot of pad thai places places that make pad thai put ketchup in it which is why i don't eat it (laughs) Mm -hmm. and the ones that you do see me eating are ones that do not have ketchup in it um wow that's kind of blows me away a little you fit this average though because (laughs) the past couple times you've ordered pad thai from sissy k thai well, it's because I really like theirs. No ketchup. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but it's still pod thai. Mm-hmm. Yes, you fit into Washington State's most ordered delivered food. Hmm. <laughs> Interesting. I, I wonder if they pulled me and I didn't know. <laughs> Want to know the other places? What yeah. other places have been ordering? Yeah. Okay. Guess uh, California. California. Avocado toast. <laughs> oh, that's, that's a good one. I like that. No, it's actually bubble tea. Really? Asian takeover in California. Who would have guessed it? Wow. Yeah, all of California. Impressive. Our sister states for Oregon, Loaded Burgers. Hmm. What are those? What's Loaded Burgers? Are those like is like Juicy Lucy where there's cheese inside or what is what is a Loaded Burger? I don't know what that is. Loaded just means it has all the fixings on it, right? I guess. I, yeah. I guess that's what it is. Okay, a Loaded Burger. Mm-hmm. Why don't they just call it a burger with everything? I, just, I don't know. So, too many words. Okay. Idaho is cheese pizza. Cheese pizza. That's very specific. Yeah. So they're not going with like these stereotypical cliches, right? Mm -hmm. There's no no baked potatoes. (laughs) We're not apples. (laughs) California's not tacos. It's actually New Mexico that's got tacos. Mm. Wow. Yeah. Impressive. Uh, Nevada. This is an interesting one. Spam Masubi. In Nevada, all of Nevada. Wow. Yeah. Actually, that makes a lot of sense. There's a lot of Hawaiians there. Okay. There's I, a lot yeah. of Hawaiians there. Okay. All right. That's that's like where Hawaiians go for vacation and then they end up ha- moving there. Oh, okay. Go figure. That's, that's our vacation destination. Want to know Want to know Nebraska's? Nebraska? Where's Nebraska? No. <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> Lay it on me. Nebraska's Euros. Really? Yeah. This is weird. Yeah. Who's polling this? Really, I question the the validity of this statistical analysis. <laughs> I, I don't think this is correct. This their, is their not, sample I, is like twenty people in each state. <laughs> yeah, this is not. I don't know. Georgia's wings. Okay. Florida's garlic rolls. Mm. I I don't know. I don't. <laughs> these are millennials. Are these like beatniks that are like doing this poll? Who are these people that are doing know. it? I don't know. Random sample, <laughs> random sample. Yeah, random. Okay. 
well, take it as it is. Montana's got egg rolls. That's, I guess that that's what they're living with. Okay. Well, welcome to the show, everyone. This is Seattle Foodie Podcast. This is very interesting. I'm just looking through this entire state. <laughs> Nelson's <laughs> no. mind is blown still. <laughs> it is. This is the first time I've actually like looked at this in depth instead of just saying, where's Washington? Because I don't really care about the rest of the states. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just want to see what our region is eating. And apparently everybody is eating pod thai. It better be chicken pod thai or tofu. <laughs> I like tofu. Tofu's good too. I, I'm okay with that. Who orders beef pod thai? It's just monsters, I think, that just order that. Right? Monsters. <laughs> People who don't eat chicken like my husband. Hmm. I always thought pod thai would associated with like peanut butter or peanuts Peanuts, right am am i just the one okay ketchup Mm, okay i i don't know i don't know about the ketchup Mm -mm. just gross (laughs) all right well we have a show today i guess (laughs) (laughs) where we got it what are we eating segment we've got an interview and we we decided to change something last minute and do a segment on opening back up on june 4th First. Well, that's when phase one is, I'm air quoting here, is supposed to happen in King County, mm-hmm. according to Governor Inslee, but mm-hmm. Monica has different views. And <laughs> we can talk about that later in Monica's Corner. That I guess that's what we can <laughs> Monica's, Monica's rants. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. Sounds good, Nelson. Okay, so let's start off with what are we eating? Mm-hmm. This week for me, it's all about breakfast. I made a breakfast hash. I've got ex- I've got so many Yukon potatoes, Monica. Why do you have so many potatoes? Because I wanted I wanted potatoes for to make curry. Mm-hmm. I think a, a week back, I just bought a bag, and I didn't realize that a bag comes like ten small little Yukon potatoes. Mm-hmm. But I don't need ten potatoes, so mm-hmm. I had to figure out what am I going to do with all these potatoes? What am I going to make with it? <laughs> So I thought, you know what? I've got these chicken sausages. I have some leftover brisket that I bought, as well as some, I don't know, some deli hams. Like, you know, I'll make a country hash. So I'll I'll make something like that with my Avio Kitchen skillet. Mm -hmm. Avio Kitchen, still without a lid. Avio Kitchen. (laughs) Skillets are great for just cleaning out your fridge. All the veggies, cheeses, and meats. And, you know, because, yeah, I always have a lot of meat in my house, too. (laughs) Yeah, chopped off some onions, mushrooms, had some leftover Brussels sprouts, threw all that in. Just throw everything in and just basically saute everything until the potatoes are crispy. And there you have it. I liked it. I need to watch some YouTube videos on how to figure out to make the perfect sunny side up eggs. Yeah, I I saw your eggs. (laughs) Why are they so wrong? I don't get it. Why I cooked them perfectly. The yolk broke. Everything looked good. Mm-hmm. But I don't know what they set in. I don't know. Maybe I'll ask Mr. Frank Stickram. Apparently he makes really good eggs. Yeah. But it depends on how long you're shooting them, Nelson. Remember, the longer you shoot. I don't shoot. It after, takes it to congeal. It, <laughs> that doesn't take that long to shoot because okay. I'm only shooting like five pictures and then mm-hmm. I'm done because mm-hmm. I want to eat it. doesn't take that long for me. No. Yeah, Frank makes a good egg, I gotta admit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, a friend of ours, Nicole Johnson, from the Meltdown City podcast, as a big gag birthday gift, she sent me two boxes of Cookie Chris. Mm. Remember you recall in episode 85, we were talking about nostalgic foods and mm-hmm. things that came up for me was Cookie Chris. Yep. And uh, I've been eating that for breakfast. So <laughs> I finally got that. I had a flash of like 10-year-old Nelson eating Cookie Crisp. Oh, <laughs> 
tastes exactly like it was when I was a kid. Just <laughs> mini hard chocolate chip cookies with milk. Yeah. Remember those chocolate chip cookies that you used to get in McDonald's yeah. like way back in the day? Yeah. They were really, really hard, but they're mm -hmm. still, but you still ate them because they're chocolate chip cookies, yeah. right? That's what they remind me of. I think that's what uh, the nostalgic is just kind yeah, of three for me. a dollar. And I hate crunchy cookies, but I'd still eat them. I'd still eat them. Yeah. yeah. It's <laughs> go figure. I know. <laughs> and then finally, I made chow mein using cup of noodles. I bought a box of 24 cup of noodles from Costco. Why do they make, why do they give you so many? I don't understand. Oh, well. Anyway, I saw someone on Instagram making it. So I thought, you know, I'd make my own version. I can make my own version of cup of noodle chow mein. It's just, it looks easy. Mm -hmm. uh, pro tip, you'll need at least three boxes to feed two people. In order to get out the dry noodles, put a little water in it. Because otherwise you're going to have to break apart the styrofoam to get through wow. <laughs> the hardened noodles. So, yeah, so, that's... So, Nelson, I can solve your potato and cup of noodles problem. Okay. Stop shopping at Costco. Go to a normal grocery store and stop buying in bulk. <laughs> I didn't buy the potatoes at Costco. I bought the potatoes at Trader Joe's. So, it was retail <laughs> quantity <laughs> yeah well you were trying to save money too because if you were to buy like two yukons that's like three dollars for two potatoes but then you look at a bag of potatoes you're just like oh that's 250 for like five pounds of potatoes so that's a better deal it's only a better deal if you eat it like in my family we we, we eat potatoes all the time and so we keep them around so like a bag of potatoes makes sense like we find a way to make them as a side dish for just about every meal but if it's just you it's, it's a lot of potatoes. <laughs> yeah, I don't often eat potatoes in my yeah. diet. Potato, yeah, that's too much starch for me. I'm you got an air fryer. Why don't you make potato chips? I could do that. I could make potato chips. That, that's a good idea. Mm -hmm. I didn't think about that, but I was trying to figure out. I was like, man, I have all these potatoes. I don't know what I'm going to do with them. <laughs> now, what did you cook this week, Monica? Cooking. Oh, my gosh. So cooking this week, I'm on a steak kick. So I did a New York strip, and I seasoned that with Urban Farms Cajun blend, so it's a different spice. And then that steak was really good, by the way, because I, you know me, I like a good medium rare, and that's how I cook it as well. And then my husband always complains, like, Cole doesn't eat that. I'm all, yeah, Cole eats that. I'm all, stop cooking steak. Well done. That's why I don't let you cook steak, which I think is a secret anyway. But anyway, <laughs> these games that couples play is just ridiculous. So the next day I had just a little bit of steak left because we ate it almost all for dinner. So I put it into a steak salad. And honestly, if you saw a picture of my steak salad, it's like mostly toppings. And then you can see like little bits of green lettuce hanging out there. So it's like French fried onions and cranberries and almonds, and all this stuff, right? Um, and I, I haven't been good about eating salad since work from home started. And normally when I go to the office, it's salad every day. So I also made chocolate pancakes. That was a treat for my son if you look at that stack it actually looks like a layer cake because it's like chocolate pancakes chocolate syrup whipped cream sprinkles brownie toppings brownie crumbles on it so it was like we're having a party but that was just because i had some time to make it so he, he loves when i do that i feel like it's a rite of passage for i'm going back to the steak topic yeah for your son to like make a steak or to experiment cooking a steak maybe mm -hmm. not buy him a nice wagyu ribeye but mm -hmm. maybe buy him like a i don't know some sort of like tri-tip like tri or something like that like something something like yeah something fairly reasonable mm -hmm. and just have him try to cook it and figure yeah. out what is considered rare medium rare mm -hmm. and well done and totally i feel like that's a rite of passage i i that's how i figured out how to cook steak 
Totally. And it's just, it's the feel too. And so they tell you to feel the inside of your, of your palm and then, you know, what it should feel like. And, um, I don't know, it just, my husband never listens to that. And like his way of checking is to cut open the meat. So, you know, like if you don't let the meat rest, right, uh-huh. it just gets you dry. It just all, all the moisture comes out. So his yeah. deal is like, he'll cut it and then he'll ruin it and like cook it some more. And before you know it, it's like a well done piece of meat. I'm just like, what are you, my mom? Come on. <laughs> my mom likes your meat well done. <laughs> it sounds like another person needs a meat thermometer. That's, 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 we have like four meat thermometers in our house. It's just ridiculous. So, yeah, I mean, I guess that's something that you'll need to uh, put in front of them. I guess. I don't know. I don't know. Totally. Uh, What else is going on with homemade food? Uh, Shout out to Jasmine Bell Smith for blessing me with baked goods during quarantine. Um, What a blessing. So my son Cole, he is so awed by her skills and like, he'll ask me all these questions and he's just like, is she famous? I'm all, yeah, she's famous. And he's all, Oh my God. He's all, I can eat so many of these. (laughs) Like he does. He loves her cooking. And then what else? Uh, What if you tell your son, no, they're not famous. It's like, Oh, then I won't eat them then. No, he asked me the famous question. Like we we were pretty far down the conversation. I mean, he was already, he was already almost done with like an eclair that day. And he's just like, I can eat a lot of these. And he's all, who is this lady? And so he's just asking questions. Right. I'm just like, Oh yeah, well she's been, you know, she was the Halloween war season three champion and she's been on chopped desserts and like, she's famous in our food community and you know, all this kind of stuff. And he, and so he, he was already, he was already totally bought in before he found it. Her being famous is just like icing on the cake. Got it. Okay. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So I think I might sign him up for one of her cooking classes because uh, mm. he's been baking more too. So you know that. Uh, what else? I made mocktails yesterday. So shout out to Just Date Syrup and Topo Chico for sending me a pomegranate spritz kit. And I made mocktails for our family uh, weekly meetup. So, you know, I meet up with my siblings every week and I brought um, a whole jar of those. And it was Topo Chico, orange juice, Just Date pomegranate molasses syrup, ginger, which I love, and burlap and barrel silk chili flakes. So it had a little bit of a kick too. And it's just really great on a warm day. It was perfect. Well, for me, let's talk about some takeout. Takeout. Uh, I didn't go too far. I was craving Mediterranean food, so I got the Euro platter from Garlic Crush. You've eaten there, right, before, Monica? I haven't. Every time I go by, I, I want to, but, you know, I'm usually in Bellevue for a certain reason, so I never got to go, but um, it looks good. Yeah, I've been craving Mediterranean food this whole pandemic. I think this is maybe the third time I've gotten something. Mm -hmm. I got something from Mediterranean Kitchen and out in Bellevue. And Garlic Crush is just so close to my house Mm -hmm. that I just thought, you know what? I'm going to grab some. I'm I'm craving some gyro platter. Give me a pita, some rice, and some lamb slash beef combo. And it's it's perfect with some tzatziki sauce. I'm done. That's good. That's good for Mm -hmm. me. And then the next night I got lazy again. So I decided to get some Dozone. Now, most people get their XLBs, their Silong Bows. For me, I actually like their other items. I like their noodles. I like their other appetizer or other items that you order. So I ended up getting noodles with minced pork Mm -hmm. and their spicy beef pancake rolls. Mm -hmm. And if you order takeout through them or through DoorDash or whatever their delivery system is, you get 10% off your order. Hmm. I, I totally forgot about that. I knew they were doing that before. I guess they're still running this promotion for the rest of, I don't know, until mm-hmm. things are open back up again. Now, Monica, I got a question for you. Mm-hmm. 
how often do you call in for your takeout? Um, when that's the only way I can order from them directly. And so that's how often I call in. So right now my whole jam is I'm not using third party delivery services. I think they're irresponsible and making hundreds of thousands of dollars on the backs of business people. So I'm not supporting any of the delivery apps. I'm either ordering directly from the business on the website, calling in, or if they allow me to order directly when I get there, then I'm doing that. Absolutely. I agree. I always try to call in the order Mm -hmm. and then pick it up. Mm -hmm. However, these last two places, Garlic Crush and Mm -hmm. Dozone, I had to call at least three times in order for someone to pick up the phone. Wow. So I didn't know. And I almost went to other places instead to Mm -hmm. go and order their food Yeah. because I didn't know if they were closed. It was a Friday and Saturday night. Uh They should be open. Yeah. I called after, I don't know, eight rings it would go to voicemail and i would call again Mm -hmm. and would go to voicemail and then on the third or fourth try someone would answer the phone i don't know what's going on if they're getting flooded with orders or people are just not picking up Mm -hmm. i don't know this is just my opinion and it's like i don't know if you guys are open or not well they have less staff probably i mean that's what a lot i'm sure they do and i'm i was thinking about that too as well Mm -hmm. when i came in and picked up the order it seemed like Mm -hmm. I was the only one that picked up the order. So I didn't know who they were talking to. So (laughs) not quite sure what's going on there, but that's just my opinion. Yeah, for sure. But I I really enjoyed both Dozone and Garlic Crush. I would go back. I always, those are two of my favorite places in Issaquah. Mm -hmm. I'm going to try some other places too, but this next week. But what did you go out and eat, Monica? Uh, let's see. Uh, you know, I try to support at least one business a day. It's hard work. Uh, <laughs> I kicked off the week with Westman's Bagels over Capitol Hill, sort of First Hill, Central District area. We got plain sesame and Malden salt uh, bagels. And so the exteriors are really firm and the interiors are chewy. And I love that. And I really want to try more of the flavors, but the selection was limited when I got there. I mean, they would run out, you know, when before the pandemic hit. And so it's just the way that they make the bagels and um, the demand is pretty high. Their sales occur. So it's a sidewalk mm-hmm. counter. So social distancing really is a breeze. And uh, they have menus that they say you can't touch and no contact payment. So so really safe setup there. And I, I really want to go back for some of the flavors, though. And, and so these were pretty plain. Um, but they're good bagels. And I did... My test for a bagel is to eat a plain bagel with no toppings. Um, so I can actually measure the texture and the flavor of the dough and see how it measures up. And so I liked it. So I'm going to go back. Where else did I go? I went, oh, Cineholic. Hey, Cineholic reopened Mm -hmm. and they have really easy ordering online. So I ordered online and scheduled a time to pick it up. And I was picking up an old school roll because I'm just sort of basic like that. I was going to say something else, but you, I can't say stuff like that on, on, on our podcast. <laughs> so when you get there, though, what's really nice is that they bring it to you curbside or at the door. So when you get there, you call them and they, they, they'll say, are you in your car or are you standing at the door? And then from there, they'll take their cues from you. And so customers are not allowed inside at all. And they're also exploring a variety of delivery options um, to other places. And so, again, like we were just talking about this, if you're using a third party service, the food business can be losing 30% or more of the money and they are not receiving the tips that you give the drivers. So order directly from the business whenever you can. So just another reminder. I always have to shop in Chinatown. So I went to Dim Sum King and (laughs) I got a whole box of noodles 
and a variety of my favorite pieces. It was only twelve dollars. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, I'm glad so that Dim Sum King is reopened. It's a good yeah. It's always a good deal. I can always get one or two sumai. I don't have to order. Mm-hmm. I don't know five orders to get something. So it's, right. it's I think it's right. always good, and I can always get individual items. Yeah, so I'm happy that Dim Sum right. King opened. Totally. And they launched an Instagram page and then they also launched a Facebook page. So make sure you guys go and like that because they're probably going to have some updates to tell you what they have is available. So make sure you go check that out. Yeah. Yeah. I was wondering when uh, they were interacting with me on Instagram, I'm just like, I don't remember them having an account before. So Mm -hmm. I didn't even clue in Nelson. So thanks for that. I had to get, I always get the footballs. And so the footballs are the glutinous (laughs) rice and it's fried and inside you got the savory meat 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 concoction i always have to get it and um their ordering system is really interesting so the flow inside is one way and so you walk around one way and you exit one way and then uh they have uh those sheets where you check boxes for what you want and so you hand it to them they'll get your order together and you pay them and that's it it's just really quick and easy and it seems to work okay i think that they're the only ones that call it footballs like in cantonese it's called hom so it got <laughs> yeah yeah I don't exactly right. know what the literal translation is. It's like right. s- salty, I don't know, dumpling or whatever, whatever right. it is, right? But I I don't know if other places call it a football either. So I'll have to, I'll have to ask my mom about that. <laughs> right. Well, it looks like a foot. It's shaped like yeah, a football. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why. This is- but it's the same thing like when I talk to Katie and Fi over at Susu, like they have all these face fancy names for things like their durian pad shoe. And I'm all, you know, guys, y- y'all need to stop like using the French names like we get it. But I'm just like, you know what that is to me? It's a durian ball. No, durian ball. OK, <laughs> are we going to are we going to go back to this? <laughs> Are we just then, then we might as well just call a Queen Amon like a sweet sweet mini cinnamon roll. Why don't we just call it that? Butter cake. It's butter yeah. cake. Why don't we just call it sweet sweet yeah. mini cinnamon roll? I don't know. Then what did, yeah. <laughs> no, I I think <laughs> Katie and Fi don't listen to Monica. Monica <laughs> <laughs> Katie, if I, Monica knows what she's no, talking about. No. Durian balls. Don't call it I'm durian balls. <laughs> durian pateo show is is fine. It's totally, I'm okay with that. <laughs> <laughs> don't listen to monica okay uh i got to ballard so i stopped in ballard this week for a visit to pink bee and nelson you love their sandwiches i love their sandwiches but i cannot pass up their tofu put to you we also got chicken satay and for the road had to get the pork sandwich mm-hmm. and so they actually have a pretty good website for ordering same thing you can schedule a pickup for a different time. And when I went to pick up, there was plenty of space for people to keep their distance inside and outside. And they have that five minute like curbside zone that they have in the city of Seattle. So they have one right outside their storefront. So the food, extra good, pick up extra easy. And I just, I just love them. So they're, they're really cool there. I really like them a lot. Yeah. I really like that place. Uh, I wish I lived in Ballard or lived closer to Ballard. (laughs) There's so many places I want to go to. There's, there's a Mr. Euros next door there. It's not yep, too far away. Is. Gathers are there's a verb. Gathers over there. Gather. We can get some takeout from Gather. Man. And then the what's that new Tom Douglas Serious Kitchen? Is that what it is? It's called? Or Oh Serious Serious Takeout. takeout. Yeah, that one's there too yeah. now. I'm going there this Yeah. Time. Tell me how it goes. <laughs> yeah. And Red Mill. <laughs> there's a Red sure. Mill in Ballard too as well. Oh, I'm missing a Red Mill. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Anyway. 
Keep going, Monica, because my goodness. Okay, not done yet. Not <laughs> done yet. No, you're not. So then our weekly food meetup with the family was out in Kirkland. So we went to the Box and Burgers Eatery. So if you missed our interview with owner Reese Lanezza, check it out. That was episode 21, way back in the day, y'all. Yeah. Long time ago. <laughs> I Right. I had the chicken karaage plate, which also comes with a side of my favorite chop shop salad. I always have to get it. And their setup is pretty interesting. So they have tissues on each side of the door. So you grab a tissue, you open the door, and then you dispose of the tissue and no one touches the door handle directly. Uh, There's a lot of space inside the distance because they packed up all their tables and stuff. And you can order by phone or when you come to the restaurant. So there's no online ordering. It's pretty quick and easy for sure. And so, you know, like the box was always like jam packed. Like if I went there four o'clock in the afternoon on a Saturday, it was packed. And so folks are still supporting by calling in orders. And so go ahead and do that support. Remember, just support the places you love, guys, because we want them to reopen. So just support, support, support. It's good to see that they're doing really well because that location, there's not a lot of foot traffic. So unless you don't know what the box is, and I hope a lot of people get to know what the box is, then um, Mm -hmm. yeah, you're you're not going to get a lot of people coming in and out of it. So I'm glad people are going in and getting takeout and delivery and their chop, chop salad just ruins all chop, chop salads all over Seattle. Yes. It's the worst, Monica. Ruins you. Because yeah. when I eat another chop chop salad, I'm like, this isn't as good as the one in the box. Right. <laughs> it's always Ruined that's food. always my litmus test. I was like, oh, okay. Right. Even like nice restaurants, nice sit-down restaurants. It's like, oh, and here's our chop chop salad. I'm looking eat it. I'm just like, this isn't chop chop. What is what is this? <laughs> so yeah, I know. Totally, completely ruins you. I mean, here's the deal, guys. If you guys hear that I'm eating a salad, y'all should pay attention. Yeah. Because I don't I don't like vegetables. So if you hear that I like a salad, pay attention and listen up. (laughs) Okay. I I eat the salad for both of us in this, in this group here. (laughs) Well, here's Nelson. When we used to go out back in the day, when we were eating at a tasting, he'd be like, should we get a salad for color? And well, whatever. It's all you, bro. Yeah. You have to eat eat the salad. You need the fiber, Monica, especially at our advanced accelerated ages we need the fiber (laughs) i get plenty of fiber i'm fine (laughs) you're the one who needs fiber (laughs) okay so then i went to downtown kirkland and we stopped by serena gelato and i've been a fan of serena gelato for a long time they used to have a location in fremont but i i am a big fan you know small batch family owned love it and and so we had some sweet treats i decided instead of getting a scoop of gelato I would get the frozen Oreo gelato pop. And it was really tasty, really good. They had a good setup, but other customers ruined the experience. So just in general, in downtown Kirkland, what I saw was 80% of the people in downtown Kirkland were not wearing masks. And 100% of the six customers that I saw in Sereno Gelato were not wearing them. So the staff was wearing them, and I appreciate that. But I got to tell you, like, there's always going to be a bottleneck up by the case because there's not six feet by that case, mm-hmm. right? And so I think Nutty Squirrel Gelato has figured it out. And Nutty Squirrel has a setup where there's only one party allowed in the store at once. And everyone lines up outside. And I've been both to the Magnolia and Finney Ridge locations since COVID hit. And they stick to it. And it's it, it works the best, really. And so I'd recommend that people look at that model. No masks. What is up with that? I, I, I'm not going to say anything about masks. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, 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 I'm not talking. I'm not I, talking. Uh, I already said my fill last episode. So <laughs> everybody knows my view of masks. I think everybody should be wearing a mask. 
CDC recommends you wear a mask. Dr. Burks <laughs> on all the news channels this week, today, if we're talking about Sunday, recommends wearing a mask. If they recommend wearing a mask, I'm wearing a mask. I just bought a new mask from Project Petite. Our friend Jocelyn actually has an Etsy account. So if you okay. go to Project Petite, she's actually selling masks. I bought a I bought a panda mask, Monica. It's got oh, a, so cute. Yeah. So cute, Nelson. Yeah. I requested I, I did request her to make more masculine fabric mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. I I'm okay with my masculinity. I'm okay wearing a Hello Kitty mask, but um I'd like something a little bit more with I don't know. <laughs> Naruto. <laughs> Naruto. Naruto would be good. I, I'm okay rocking a Totoro. But, you know, can we just get maybe a Dragon Ball mask or something like that? I, I don't know. I, I'm rewatching Avatar, so I, I love... A lot of people are rewatching Avatar. Yeah. What's the deal oh, with Oh, it's that? one of the best American animes. It's it's a great show. You know, I mean, I've seen it. I've seen the whole thing. I'm just saying, like, why, what's up with the resurgence of people rewatching it? Oh, because it's back on Netflix. And so everybody's okay. excited about it. I was wondering. Yeah, you know, once yeah. in a while, Netflix will take out a show that everybody loved and they'll put it back on and people get all excited and they want to rewatch it. So, mm -hmm. yeah. But, yeah, that's why people are so excited about it. But, yeah, I mean, oh, cool. I'm, I bought extra masks in case we do go out more often because I, I mm -hmm. only have one right now, but it's nice to have yeah. multiples. Yeah, For sure. Because you got to wash them. Yeah. So yeah, and, and like guys, you don't have this issue, but I'm telling you, I'm getting my foundation all over my mask. And so I got to figure this out. So I have like six masks because they're full of foundation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Anyway, you can only wear them once. You can only wear them once and then it got to wash yeah. them. So I need Absolutely. more. I have six. Six. Wow. I'm behind. I only have, yeah. I only have two right now. So yeah. yeah. Well, I'm in Seattle, so I'm serious about mm -hmm. this. <laughs> okay. So next segment. Nelson called it Monica's Monica's Corner. Monica's Corner. Well, <laughs> this, is, this is really good because when phase two approaches in King County, and I think the stay-at-home order is supposed to expire probably by June 1st, right, which is Monday, things are going to start opening. Retail is going to start opening up. I think my friend who owns a business in Bellevue Square, he said I think June 4th is their target date. So I think they're, they're just getting a little bit more time to clean up and get everything ready for that because – all, mm -hmm. most malls have been closed yeah. according to restaurants they will open at 50 percent capacity table size no larger than five occupants per table mm -hmm. so i was talking to monica monica since you know the heart of the city a lot more you are like the pulse of seattle <laughs> <laughs> i don't know about that i thought i would give you your little time i was gonna say soapbox but a little just you know, tell us what you think of opening phase two and what's what, what's your view on it. And I'll chime in and give a little bit of my point of view. For sure. I am super excited about phase two, but I knew since we started phase one that phase two for King County, which is where Seattle is, would probably not happen on June 1st. And I still believe that. And I think the signs are showing that that's not going to happen. So the issue with that is, you know, the space between phases is three weeks, right? And in between those phases, like how, how each county has to make it to the next phase is they have to like file an application. And the application actually depends on the numbers in their county as well. So we know what the deaths and confirmed cases of COVID have been in King County 
they've been high and just astronomically high. And that's that's a condition of one density and two population base. Right. So, of course, we're going to have more cases than someplace, you know, that has a population of 1000 people. I mean, that's just it's just a density with with a population of 1000 people. You live further apart. Um, you have more options for going to the store when it's less busy than someone else. Whereas if you live in Seattle, those options are fairly limited just because of how many people live here. I know a lot of people are preparing for phase two and they should continue to do that. But I think for me, as someone who stays home and who's super excited, by the way, Memorial Day weekend couldn't have happened at a worse time for us because, again, like people are out in droves right now. But I just think those numbers aren't going to play out in like phase two for us will probably be pushed out weeks. And, And so I'm excited, but I get really upset when I see people just you know, running around willy nilly doing whatever. I've seen people having parties with like on my Instagram with like 10, 12 people. Like we're not there yet, guys. And unless we're good about this, honestly, we're just going to have to, it's going to be a backslide. Are these parties in the Seattle King County area? Because I'm I'm seeing other places, uh, I believe, what is it? What's that show? Ozark? I saw the people, the, the Ozark, one, yeah. yeah, there's, there's an, I think Ozark's in Missouri. I think uh, the yeah. one that's viral, that's national, is they're they're showing yeah, this yeah. this pool party, this business opening up with a pool party, and I don't know, thousands of people are not social distancing. But I haven't seen on my timeline. I'm not going to be the I'm not going to be the cop here, <laughs> and <laughs> we're not. You're not Karen, and I'm not Kevin. I'm not going to police anyone. But I haven't seen anyone have yeah. a Memorial Day party of over ten mm-hmm. people that are I don't know whatever I don't know what the maximum gathering is, but. I haven't yeah. seen that locally around here or anything, uh, or at least nobody's been posting anything about it. I've seen some posts in the last week. And so things have shifted a little bit. Like there's definitely a different feel. Mm-hmm. And, and and so it's just things like that. I mean, yeah, I, I want to get out too. Like I think stay at home has been problematic for so many reasons. And so we're all very excited. And then of course, having 70 degree weather does not help either. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, if you, if you live in the area, like 70 degrees, like it's on, right, for sure. And, and so so that's only one piece of it. So one piece is what's going on with people and what that means for our confirmed cases and deaths in the area, right? And so what those numbers have to look like in order for a county to pass that application. The other piece is if you are a biz- business, and specifically we're talking about food businesses here on Seattle Foodie Podcast, the decision about whether or not, like, like I think a lot of consumers are thinking phase two, everybody reopens, but actually for a business, it's a decision whether or not to open in phase two. Because like you said, Nelson, less than 50% capacity, max party size of five. What, what people aren't talking about, unless you're in the restaurant industry, is what has to happen, the kinds of cleaning that needs to happen between serving guests. I mean, wiping down everything in between table service. I mean, like you need extra staff. First, you need staff to bus tables if you have that kind of restaurant. Then you need like a whole separate crew that just goes around and cleans up in between like seating people. And so some restaurants are not going to find that cost effective. And I think some of them have already been pretty vocal about it. And so like, I'm really looking forward to sitting down in a restaurant. I'm just not sure it will happen for phase two as a personal decision and whether or not businesses are going to be buying into it. So you don't think businesses will think I'm going to get that extra business because I'm going to have people occupying my restaurant and eating there. And I'm still going to be able to offer the takeout and delivery that I've been doing all along that you don't think that they're, they're going to be open to that. 
So if you think about an average small business, so say, so say I own a restaurant and I have 11 workers, right? Mm -hmm. And and so I cut my staff to maybe five to serve the takeout crowd. And then, so opening a business would think, okay, well, you know, let me bring back everybody, right? So so what makes Seattle different again, remember Nelson, is we have the minimum wage here, right? right? So there are a lot of things like Mayor Durkin has talked about, like, and, and city council has talked about like waiving the business taxes and things, trying to help out small business. But, but there's still the cost of operating that is much higher in other counties because we are Seattle. So it really is what the numbers come down to. And I think the really smart business folks have been running those numbers and making decisions. Like, again, Tom Douglas took a lot of criticism for shutting down 12 of his restaurants immediately. But you know what? The numbers didn't work out. Mm-hmm. And so if you do them, you have to do the math. You can't hope that things are going to get better. And also, are people going to keep up with the same amount of takeout they're doing? And how much takeout are they doing? So I think that we think because we're ordering takeout, everybody's ordering takeout. That's simply not true. So what do you think needs to be done? I don't know if there is anything that can be done. I mean, nothing nothing like this has ever happened before. The only thing that can be done is really we need direct financial support for our restaurants. They don't need any more loans. What's a loan to someone who already has two loans, who isn't even able to pay back those loans, right? And so that relief coming from the government going to large corporations, that needs to come all the way down. And I think there are a number of like philanthropic organizations and government organizations that have been combining. But that was just the first bulk of the direct relief. There needs to be more direct relief if we mean to keep small business, food businesses running in Seattle. That That's a tough one, right? I mean, we, we want to keep businesses in Seattle. And, and just so you know, before this happened, already a lot of businesses refused to open locations in Seattle. And this is why, because the economics of it just doesn't work out. And so really, there's no other answer than more money that goes directly to businesses to help them survive this. Monica, for me, you went way in depth. This is way out of my scope. So I'm glad I'm glad this is Monica's corner because (laughs) (laughs) you're working in Seattle. I mean, you yeah, you have a really good knowledge of and a pulse of Seattle. And that's for me, that's just don't have that depth as much as you do. Now, for me, my concern is just eating indoors. I think outdoor seating is, is great because you're not as likely to contract the virus if you're outdoors. I think that's what Dr. Fauci and the CDC mentioned. It's okay to be outdoors with social distancing being six feet apart. So I could be wrong, but that's that's what I've heard. Maybe more outdoor seating, but I'm more concerned about the indoor seating because there have been mm-hmm. diagrams I've seen out of restaurants in China where one person can have COVID and can spread spread it to nine other people amongst four different tables at a restaurant because of the air conditioning HVAC system, because Mm -hmm. it can push the virus out to other people. And so that's, Mm -hmm. that's one concern for me. And then the other concern is just, there's that Japanese viral video of a person that uh, had the fluorescent dye on his hand and he sprayed it. And then when they, as people were dining with each other, all of a sudden he had touched almost everything and it and the fluorescent dye was all over the other occupants the three other occupants around the table and then also the utensils and everything like that so that's another concern for me mostly indoors is where i guess the virus is 
predominantly can be contracted. Mm-hmm. That's kind of my concern is when I'm dining in, that's that's what I'm worried about. I don't know how to fix that. I don't I don't think anybody has an answer for it. Mm-hmm. There's just people that are opening up in other states right now. I guess it's good to see that. People get criticized Governor Inslee for being slow for reopening the state. But I think for me, I think he's he's a very responsible leader, mm-hmm. in my opinion. I think yeah. just just see what other states are doing around the Midwest and the South and see if those numbers are rising. Because isn't wasn't the whole CDC guideline is it's safe to reopen when you have a 14-day decline in numbers? Mm-hmm. What, what happened to people following that? I don't know. Yeah. People were just so excited or not excited, but people are just so stir crazy to just go out. I don't care. I'm going to go out and just let's have a party because we're so sick and tired of it. So I, I don't know. That's that's my conclusion here. Yeah, no, I know. And then, you know, it it's funny because you're right. Like, I feel better being able to eat outside, being away from folks. And thank you for sharing that video with me. I mean, that video, the people with the guy had had the marks all over their mouths, their faces, right? right? right. And like, it was all over like the water jugs and the utensils and like everything had been touched. And it's just like, wow. I mean, it, it's really, it's an eye opener. And then there are places like, you know, my favorite Fremont Sunday Market, that can't open and they're outdoors. But then you think about what is open and how people are coming into contact with things. And it's just like, man, I just don't know that this makes sense. And I don't agree with everything that governor Inslee does, but I think that, I think you're right. I think he's handled this very responsibly. And yes, it is very harmful and hurtful to small business. But in the end, what matters is that we are all healthy and able to sustain whatever like increase positive results that we're having where there are no more confirmed cases of COVID or deaths. I mean, it's the deaths that are really concerning. And just because, again, I might not be worried about getting it myself, I am concerned about spreading things around. I mean, that's that's what it means to be someone who lives around other people, to be concerned about others around you. And so it's really important. Okay, let's tie a bow on that. <laughs> I have so many other things to talk about regarding that. It's, it's just... We're just going to open up a bunch of other Pandora's boxes. So we'll just, we'll just say that final thought going to restaurants. Yay or nay. Nay for a while for me. I mean, I won't be sitting down in a restaurant anytime soon. I don't think maybe outdoors, maybe we'll go outdoors. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe we'll do outdoors. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I'd be satisfied with being able to see some of my friends. Yeah. I agree with that too. I just, (laughs) I don't know. I can, we can have a social distancing picnic, I guess. It's just, yeah. yeah. Yeah, we can do that. I don't know. But hey, we have an interview today, right? We do have an interview. <laughs> oh my gosh. We got carried away. Good media transition, Monica. That was a good one. <laughs> we do. Let's get more lighthearted on our episode here. Our interview this week is with the bubbly and enthusiastic Seattle.grub. Her name's McKenna Yee. She and Boba Eggs are probably the two youngest people we've had on our show. It's not often you see an Instagram foodie that young, but please, please do not let that fool you. She has great taste for food, and we're talking about all of her favorite takeout spots. Here's our interview with McKenna Yee at Seattle.grub. Hey, Seattle. Okay, this is very rare because we normally don't have college student foodies on our show, but we have Seattle.grub. McKenna Yee. McKenna, what's going on today? Hey, so I just had a Zoom lecture. That was very fun. That's what I've been doing all day today, honestly. 
as a college student, tell me what what's a day in the life of McKenna for you? For me, I like waking up early and honestly, I've been doing a lot better since when I was actually at school living on campus. So what I do is basically wake up. I know this is really unhealthy, but I go on my phone, answer any emails, maybe from clients and respond back to comments. And then I follow that up by making a pretty hearty breakfast uh, just to get me through my morning Zoom classes. In between my Zoom classes, I get a little snack, I make myself a little mixture of foods, and then I prepare myself for another Zoom lecture. So that's pretty much what my midday looks like. And then during the nighttime, I do some homework, so more screen time, and then I eventually start posting on my foodie account or any other accounts I have. This is so fascinating. Okay, I have to ask you, so this is personal personal questions for me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Non-pandemic wise, you be on campus right. and you go to a lecture from like maybe 10, 11, and 12. Mm -hmm. So is your professors giving the lectures at 10 a.m., 11 a.m., and 12 p.m. on the same thing on Zoom? Right. So what's really interesting is that all the scheduling is exactly the same. So if I have mm -hmm. a class at 8.30, which I signed up for, which was not a good move, uh, <laughs> I have that class on Zoom at 8.30 a.m. So everything is just basically online just switched mm -hmm. the big question is will you be on campus come the fall so i've heard a lot of rumors mm -hmm. one from my friend and one from my prof professor which exclaimed that we are most likely having it on zoom next quarter okay as in autumn next year mm -hmm. yeah are you doing summer quarter just to catch up on things or are you taking the summer off you know, what's really funny is that I was considering doing summer quarter for mm -hmm. this year, but I think during my junior year next year, I'm going to do summer quarter just so I can graduate, uh, make sure I graduate on time. Awesome. Mm -hmm. I just wanted to know, this is just personal for me. So yeah. I'm just being a little selfish here and just wanted to ask you some questions. Go for I've it. been out of college for so many years. So <laughs> I'm just like, what is this like? What, what is it like right now? Yeah. Yeah, so you and I met at a do-it-yourself boba long time, oh, not, not last year? Yeah, right? last year. Yeah, I forgot. What was the place called on the Ave? I can't boba remember. Up. Yes, that's oh what it was. Oh my goodness, yes. <laughs> I loved your energy. Oh, I, my friend, my friend Annie eats food and this, <laughs> I had to drop off a giveaway for you. And yes, I was like, Oh my God, you. she's so much fun. So <laughs> I thought let's have her on the show. Let's have McKenna on the show. Oh, thank you so much. That means so much to me. <laughs> yeah. It's been fun. So what have you been doing cooking wise? Have, have you been cooking at home? Have What's been going on? Yeah, so I thought we would get takeout a lot more than we have because usually my family and I, we love taking out food or like going to restaurants, but we've been starting to cook some new recipes. For me, I took that big risk during the first week of quarantine, as many know, like making your own bread or like making your own baked goods. Mm -hmm. um, so I tried making my own loaf of bread and that went okay. The bread was a little bit tough, so I made it into croutons, which was a good call. Yeah. I've been really into making this like fried, this Chinese fried tofu dish, almost like mapu tofu, but not really. Mm -hmm. And I, my mom and my dad, they brought home two boxes of shake and bake. And that has been like, I've never heard of that before till like a month ago. And it's my <laughs> favorite thing in the world. Oh, shake and bake is old school, McKenna. Yeah, this... 19 what? Oh yeah, it, uh, don't date me. It's not nineteen, 
1990s. I mean, my dad and I, we used to do shake and bake. Yeah. We made chicken. Yeah. I know. I totally remember that. That's old school. (laughs) Definitely like my favorite. That's the art version of fried chicken. That's That's right. That is right. I really like it. It's like my favorite thing. I think my next thing to do is pork chops with shake and bake because we've done Uh chicken wings. Very cool. Okay. So you do a lot of cooking with your mom and dad then? Yeah. And typically I do it individually because like in my household, we mostly like make meals for ourselves. So like today I made some stovetop mac and cheese by scratch and that was really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Awesome. So you did mention you did do some takeout. What have been some of your favorite takeouts in the last couple months? Right. So my favorite would have to be Popeye's. Like I love Popeye so <laughs> much and knowing that they did free delivery i was like okay i need to download the app i need to get like this huge family pack and it was totally worth it they have free delivery wow i didn't even know that that's amazing they partner with doordash i think okay Mm -hmm. you're such an old soul (laughs) honestly honestly yeah Um, anything else you've gotten yeah there's this place in the renton highlands called my place Mm -hmm. i posted a picture of their fried rice the other day and it looked really good But I absolutely love that restaurant. It's just our family go-to restaurant for any Chinese food. What was your favorite dish to order there? I did see a picture. You said the fried rice. What else do you like there? I absolutely love the chicken, salt and pepper chicken wings, of course. Mm -hmm. I love their, I think it's the fried fish. They're like little tiny pieces of fried fish. They are the best. And you dip it in soy sauce and it's so good paired with rice. And they have really good tofu, sticky fried rice, just all of the above. Awesome. I want to ask you about how'd you get your food Instagram started? It's there's not a lot of really, really young foodies out there with their Instagram accounts. Normally at your age, it's mostly, you know, personal pictures, lifestyle account type photos. So tell me about how you got started with all of this. Yeah. So it's actually like kind of a cliche or like typical story, I guess. I have a main account on Instagram. I've had that for like years now and I would always post my food and I noticed it was a trend with me. Like I was that type of person that was like, wait, don't touch anything. Let me rearrange the food and take a picture for my story. So I would always do that on my Instagram story and I would do that on my Snapchat story. Mm -hmm. And I realized that a lot of people would be swiping up on my stories and being like, where is this restaurant? Like, is it good? Like, tell me about it. And I realized that, you know what, if I am going to post uh, food all the time on my Snapchat story, I might as well make an account. So I made it like a year or two ago, and I really enjoyed the process. And did you start with taking just on your phone, or what do you do now? Do you use a camera? What's what's your process now? Yeah, so two years ago, I'm, I'm really lo- young, like you said. I graduated <laughs> high school about two years ago, <laughs> and I actually received a camera from my mom for my graduation present, and I totally didn't expect that at all. So I kind of started my foodie account with more stories with my phone. Like I take um, pictures with my phone for the stories, and then when it comes to content, I use my camera. Do you think as a college student, when you were living on the campus, was it hard for you to go out and do things? Because you mostly you'd probably be eating at those cafeterias, right? Or do you go out a lot to the on the app to eat? Or how was that? How did that work? Right. So during the beginning of my freshman year, I definitely stuck to the dining halls, mostly because I had I had to use up my money there. But when, mm-hmm. it came, when it came to the weekends and stuff like that, I'd have friends come up and we would 
traveled, we would walk to the Ave or we would take a bus to U Village. And mm-hmm. that's sort of how I got my content out there at first. Okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm just so curious because you're baller on a budget. I mean, that's basically <laughs> what sure. it is, right? For sure. <laughs> I, unlike uh, most older adults, we, we just basically go we go out to eat all all the time. So yeah, yeah we don't have campus food or mm-hmm. just to grab things or at the dorm and things like that. So I'm just always so fascinated by it. That's what, yeah. that's what I'm just saying. Tell me some of your favorite places you've eaten so far in Seattle the past couple years. So I know this isn't really Seattle area, but mm-hmm. it's kind of out there more like East side Seattle. Um, I love Daru market. I think that's been a favorite for the longest time ever. I really like Super Six in Columbia City. Most people know about the bubble waffle and fried chicken. So good. I really <laughs> like that. I really like Baka Bok. Have you been getting that lately? or did They they have one on the Ave, so I, I think yeah. they just put one on there, right? That one's a little yeah. bit farther off up the Ave, so I haven't had a chance to go up there, but mm-hmm. I usually go to the one in Cap Hill. Okay. I want to get a young person's point of view. Uh, Before the pandemic, how do you describe the Seattle food scene? I think that from a college student's perspective, I think the Seattle food scene is a great opportunity to try a diverse range of foods from different cultures. Like I can take a 15 minute bus ride and I'll get Ethiopian food or I'll Mm -hmm. take a 25 minute bus ride and I'll get this amazing Indian food. I think it's a great Seattle. is just a great way to try a plethora of different types of food. Yeah, I I totally agree. I think one day I can just go to Capitol Hill and then I can go to Columbia City and mm-hmm. do some get something else. And then, oh, I want hummus. Maybe I'll go to Aviv Hummus Bar or something oh, like that. Oh, yes. So there's, there's, there's always places around that I can get a different sort of ethnic food. Mm-hmm. I think that's the best part of Seattle is that of the diversity yeah, around there. Mm-hmm. For sure. We're almost close to June which means that restaurants can kind of start opening up with a little capacity mm-hmm. when it's completely safe, completely, completely safe. <laughs> where are some places you just can't wait to just go to? I was like, I can't wait to just eat here. So one thing, even though I got Popeye's like quite a while ago, mm-hmm. one place I really would love to go to is the Wandering Goose. Oh, yeah. Um, Yeah, I saw another foodie post about it, and that chicken sandwich looks delicious. Have you ever been there before? No, I've I've walked past it, and I've looked inside, and I saw it's really cramped, and I wanted to get, like, something little, but the line was so long, and I had a meeting to go to, so. Their brunch is amazing, McKenna. It's so good. You do have to get – I can't remember what the name is, but Mm -hmm. their fried chicken sandwich, and I – there's one option where you can get the fried chicken sandwich and you get the fried chicken sandwich covered in gravy. Oh my I God. highly suggest the one with the gravy. <laughs> it's amazing. Yes, that get dangerous. that one. But they also have some really good skillets too. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not sure if you like oysters, but there's a, it's called Bubble and Squeak, I think. And okay. it has fried oysters with, or maybe it's called the Hangtown Fry. That's the one. Bubble and Squeak mm-hmm. is a different one with pork belly. But yeah, their, their skillets are amazing. You have, yes, that's a good Ooh, one. Wandering Goose is a great so choice. So good. you've got me craving it a lot more now (laughs) yeah i mean i just there are some places that i i just can't wait to go to and yeah any other place when you one more place you want to talk about i think i know i'm on the line of fried chicken but i've Mm -hmm. never as a seattle foodie i am ashamed to say this but i've never been to fats chicken and waffles 
and my mm-hmm. best friend and I, we've been like sending each other posts from their Instagram and stuff like that. And we're like, oh, we need to go here. So I'm looking forward to going there as well. Fats is another good one. Chicken and waffles. Yeah. I, I don't know. They, they had a happy hour special too. Ooh. From I think it was like four to seven on Tuesdays or maybe it was like all day Tuesday. They had fried chicken and waffles. So you might want to check that out. That sounds good. But yeah. Speaking of fried chicken for me, Jollibee's. Always. Because because they closed, right? For remodeling before this whole pandemic happened. Mm -hmm. And then all the malls are closed currently. Right. Hopefully the retail shops will open up. Mm -hmm. But when the retail shops open up, you betcha, I am going to get a bucket of Jollibee's. That's what I'm looking for. over there. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) McKenna, this has been so much fun. Thank you so much for talking with us. I have one more question for you. Yeah. Where can we find you on social media? Give me your food accounts, your TikTok, anything you want to promote, your personal accounts, anything you want. Just let us know. Where can we find all of McKenna on the social media? (laughs) So I have three accounts. I know it's a lot to keep up with. One of them is my main account, which is McKenna.Yee, and that's my main account. My food account is Seattle.Grub. And I just newly made a skincare page to just put some new self-care into my routine, which is brb.glowing. As you can tell, there's like a little bit of a trend with the dot in the middle of my usernames. And then as for TikTok, mine is McKenna Yee with no dots. <laughs> awesome. I'm going to follow them all. I'm going to follow them all. Yes. Don't have a TikTok account yet. I got to get, I still, I'm still got to get on that. You I'm, need a TikTok. I'm, yeah, I'm low. I'm I'm behind on hypes. That's the thing. So that's, that's just my that's my that's my shtick. But anyway, thank you so much. This was so much fun. I really appreciate you spending some time with us. Yes, thank you so much, Nelson, for inviting me on here. And that was our interview with Seattle.grub McKenna Yee. Monica McKenna is an old soul. She may be way younger than us, but she's talking about shake and bake, and she loves Popeyes. <laughs> And there's just places that she was talking about is like old school places. So it's great. I, I think it's fun. I, like I said, I met her giving a giveaway and she's just, I don't know. She's very, I love her bubbly personality. Very enthusiastic, loves life. She's fun. It's a fun interview. Yeah, she is. She's, she's always smiling, very positive and a great addition to our Seattle food community. For Absolutely. Sure. All right, Monica, I think that's it for our show for tonight. We've been ranting way too long. Hey, episode 90 is coming up next week. So that's going to be fun. Mm, yes. Oh, I can't believe we're almost to 100. <laughs> this is weird. Yeah. <laughs> 100 in a movie. Is that what it is? Or is it six? Yeah. <laughs> What's the podcast version of six seasons in a, in a movie? I don't know what that is. No, we'll have to do some research on that. Well, in the meantime, everyone, enjoy the rest of your Memorial Day weekend and enjoy the rest of May. Hey, we'll probably see you when June 1st rolls around and stay at home is lifted and we can start doing stuff. I hope to see you guys all and say hi. In the meantime, happy eating, Seattle. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to subscribe for future episodes and leave us a five-star rating and review on whichever platform you're listening on. In the meantime, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook at Seattle Foodie Podcast and on Twitter at Seattle Food Pod. You can also email us at Seattle Foodie Podcast at gmail.com. Thanks again, and we hope you enjoy the Seattle Foodie Podcast. <laughs>